Phase 5 of the MCU has officially begun with Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, which is now out in theaters. Let's review. Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania was directed by Peyton Reed, written by Jeff Loveness, and stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Catherine Newton, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, and Jonathan Majors. Superhero duo Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, together with Hope's parents Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures, and embarking on an adventure that will push them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible while encountering Kang the Conqueror, the new big bad of, MC, of the MCU for the multiverse saga. Hey everyone, so it is finally here, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, the beginning of phase five of the MCU, the first movie that will, apparently is going to be part of this phase that will connect deeply and lead, start this road right towards the Kang Dynasty, Avengers the Kang Dynasty, I should say. And there's a lot in this movie to talk about that has, that is spoiler free and a lot of spoiler points that I really do want to discuss, but don't worry because this will be a spoiler free review. This will not include any spoilers. So if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, you can listen to this and don't worry, you won't be spoiled in any way aside from what's already been revealed in the trailers. When it comes to my expectations, I was really excited for this movie. I checked my most anticipated list and this was in fact my ninth most anticipated movie of the year. Does Mania deliver a very good start to Phase 5 that will bring everyone back into the MCU and make every movie a must watch again? Or is it yet another disappointing entry in Marvel's multiverse saga following Avengers Endgame? We'll find out in this review. And I think it should also be pointed out that I am a big fan of the Ant-Man movies. I love the first movie. And even Ant-Man and the Wasp is a movie that I have a ton of fun with. Is it a mediocre and just forgettable chase movie? Absolutely. But I personally enjoy it and I really enjoy the family dynamic of the Ant family in that movie. And that leads us right into Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, which is taking a franchise which was a really small, probably the smallest and most disconnected sub-franchise in the MCU and, and making it what is kicking off this new villain story with Kang the Conqueror played by Jonathan Majors. And I'll get to him in just a second, but this movie definitely feels more like a piece of the MCU than the past two Ant-Man movies. And that how much you like that will vary depending on your mileage with these movies. It feels more like that than an actual Ant-Man sequel that feels like it was following what the first two movies was setting up and paying that off in this trilogy finale. And after seeing this movie, I really do hope there are more Ant-Man movies with this family because I think there are more character arcs more character relationships that need to be explored further and as someone who loves a lot of these characters and really enjoys the grounded tales i was open to seeing this big quantum realm adventure but i have to say that after seeing this movie i might have actually just preferred another laid-back grounded disconnected for the most part ant-man movie that had a lot of great references to the avengers that just dealt with scott lang's growing ego and i think there's a lot set up in the opening 15 minutes it could have been really fun in that kind of movie and, and honestly when this movie started it kind of just made me miss that which i thought was a bit weird i mean this movie has a completely different feel look and tone than the other two ant-man movies but i will say that what i'm mentioning here while as someone who doesn't enjoy the ant-man movies and didn't expect to have this problem i'm a bit disappointed to feel like i missed out on another fun ant-man movie 
But that's that's from someone, someone who does enjoy these movies. I understand they're not the most revolutionary things in the franchise, but they are just solid comfort food that I watch every couple of years and have enjoy so much. They're both very funny movies. This movie does also do- fix the problem of that kind of lack of momentum in Phase 4. This absolutely does create more focus within the wider MCU narrative. There is actually a very clear direction for the villain, especially in where the multiverse saga is building towards. And they actually established more groundwork in this movie than I potentially even expected, even with Kang. And I think a lot of people are going to really like that. And I do think, for the most part, as a piece of the MCU, this movie adds a lot that I think we really needed after Phase 4, and everything was kind of all over the place. But the best part about this movie is a legitimately terrifying, threatening, and menacing antagonist, and that is Kang the Conqueror, portrayed by Jonathan Majors. Not only does he have by far my favorite sequences in the movie, I mean by far the best action scene of the movie involves him and one other character, which I won't spoil, he is really needed in the franchise right now. He, I think, brings a lot of what the MCU has been missing over the course of like the past two years or so. He's kind of that missing piece, and Jonathan Majors is an absolute powerhouse in this role. I mean, we've known he's a great actor for a couple of years now, but what he's able to convey emotionally with his eyes and facial expressions managed to create sympathy for this character who otherwise can come off a bit stoic in certain scenes. He's very soft-spoken, but who's also not actually that sympathetic. And his goals aren't even as easy to understand as even someone like Thanos's. But I think he might even be the more menacing presence because we know what he's, what is available to him in terms of where he comes from, the tech that he has, what he's done in the past. A lot of that is set up in this movie a lot more than I was expecting. Again, he's 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 held back in terms of his persona, but he brings such a gravitas to the movie that I didn't really expect. And he has these moments where he kind of bursts out and he has lashes out at certain characters. And he's a very menacing presence. I loved what Jonathan Majors brought to this role. And they gave him a really interesting backstory that I don't want to get into too much because, well, actually, I don't want to get into it all because it would be spoilers. But they go into his background a little more than I was expecting. I'm not going to say this is a full-on origin movie for Kang or anything. It's absolutely not. But the trailers hint at potentially a few reveals that are coming from some of the Ant-Man members. And I think there's a lot of connectivity that I think complements even like what we saw of He Who Remains and Loki very well. And I think Kang is by far what will be talked about as the biggest positive coming out of this movie. It feels like the scale of this franchise going forward has been established. And so is the scale of the Quantum Realm, which is one of my other positives. I think the Quantum Realm itself looks pretty cool. cool. I think a lot of the VFX, while it's getting a lot of hate online from the trailers, I do think in a movie theater, sitting there and watching this movie, There were only a couple shots that were really distracting, and for a movie that's almost completely shot on green screen and the volume, I thought that was pretty impressive for the most part, and I think I liked it for the most part. And in terms of the quantum realm itself, there's some interesting, but I think slightly underdeveloped world building. There's a lot of hints at what is going on in the quantum realm that I feel like should have been explored a bit more, but they're they're enough to get you interested in this movie right from the get-go. Janet Van Dyne, because she has been down there before, is kind of the exposition dumper of this movie. And I will say that 
they also g give more information on her time down in the quantum realm, which is again been teased heavily in the trailers, and what she experienced, the connection she has with the world down there, and I like that. But even then, I felt like there was a bit more you could explore, particularly in her abilities that we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I felt like there was a few missing elements in this movie that they kind of forgot about or felt like they didn't really want to um, go into, which I was personally a bit disappointed by. And there's a few very cool, trippy visual effects, heavy, mind-blowing sequences, kind of in the vein of the first Doctor Strange movie, which I didn't really expect, but I thought provided a nice theatrical moment, I guess. But moving back to the cast, I think this movie still maintains, for the most part, the family dynamics that I loved so much in the first two movies and the intimacy of kind of the parent-child relationships that we see running through this franchise through multiple different pairs of characters. It, there are definitely a lot of moments that are focused on the characters, but again, I just personally wished that maybe they were allowed to be developed a little more and more of them had actual arcs. Everyone played a nice role towards the story and everyone gets their moment, but I think some were a bit underutilized in terms of not getting as much to do. I'm particularly talking about a Hank and Hope who were integral parts of the last two movies and almost co-leads with Scott Lang. And I loved both of them, particularly Hank Pym. And I think Hank Pym especially is completely underused in here. Now he gets a nice like mini storyline, I guess you could say, but... Again, I just felt like there was a bit more there you could have done. But whenever the characters are interacting, it's still very entertaining. And the moments, again, at the beginning of this movie, when we're not even in the quantum realm, were some of my favorite moments of the movie because it reminded me of how much I love their interaction in the previous few movies. And I will also say that I thought there were some nice back and forth between Scott Lang and Cassie. I think the cast for Newton did a great job in the role of Cassie. I know there's a bit of annoyance with the recast but I think she did a great job and much better than I've seen her in a few other blockbusters especially Detective Pikachu but I just also wish with that relationship that again it paid off a bit better because there is a lot there is a bit of conflict set up but in still a loving way in the opening moments that I really enjoyed that I don't think is fully paid off as satisfyingly as I personally would have liked but I think I will say with this movie again I have again multiple positives as I've just pointed out this is still a very entertaining movie. There's no way around it. This movie is fun to watch. I think anyone who watches this movie and says they were bored, I think it's probably over-exaggerating a good few notches. This movie is never boring. It's actually very well-paced, and I think it's going to be overlooked a bit because of some of the messiness of this movie. I'll talk about that in a bit. But it is pristinely paced. It is straight to the point. It's a short movie. It's not short. It's like two hours and five minutes. It's short for the MCU, and it... Is the longest Ant-Man movie, but it definitely doesn't feel, doesn't feel, doesn't overstay its welcome. But it also, I just didn't feel the length, and I think that's really good that a comic book movie like this is still able to pull that off. And it felt just as short as the first two movies, which also felt like very short movies. I think Peyton Reed is someone who's clearly not like beholden to the footage he captures, and is clearly someone who's willing to, to cut a lot out to make what he thinks is the best final product. And I think it's, I appreciate that we still have a director in the MCU who's like that. And overall, being that Peyton Reed directed all three of these movies, I think there's a nice through line through it, which is kind of this theme of family. And I like that we have an MCU trilogy that's at least consistent in that regard. But this movie is definitely the one that kind of ruins that consistency the most with what it does. 
And I think Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a movie that is a lot more entertaining than it is well put together and as just a movie in terms of its quality. Again, like I already mentioned, it did kind of make me miss the feel of the first two Ant-Man movies because of how CG VFX heavy this was. I did kind of miss that lighthearted charm that was in and fun family charm that was in the first two movies. And I have to say for me personally, I'm not going to do an upsta- updated MCU ranking yet because I want to wait till we have more MCU movies that I can add. And there is so much now that I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do a full MCU ranking anytime soon. I personally enjoyed this movie the least out of the three Ant-Man movies. And in terms of choosing to rewatch, this is easily the last one I'm choosing to put on if I'm deciding between what Ant-Man movie to watch, unfortunately. The opening of this movie especially just reminded me of how much I missed the feeling that the first two movies had. That this movie kind of just felt like every other comic book movie, every other MCU movie that didn't stand out and has a lot of setup. This movie does not stand alone very well as an Ant-Man movie. And I understand I was just complimenting the MCU for finally having a direction, but I do think, think there is a balance, and I don't think this movie was able to strike it as well as I was hoping it would. I wish there were, again, the character arcs were, I wish more characters had arcs. I wish some of the arcs were at least paid off, because it almost seems like there was a lot of setup in the arcs themselves, which were never even paid off. And I will also say, being in a movie this big, even like Ant-Man's powers feel almost a little little superfluous and don't feel as special as they did when they're just in the real world. And that's something the MCU is running into a lot as a problem. And I just definitely wanted to mention that. This movie is also kind of messy in a few different regards. And I know messy is a word that's thrown around way too much. People use it to just describe them not liking the movie. But I am telling you right now, this movie is pretty messy. And for... A couple different reasons. Firstly, tonally. This movie cuts from scenes of mass killings involving Kang the Conqueror to inappropriate Rick and Morty style adult humor that's really unfunny, but the movie thinks it's funnier than it is. I think that like adult humor aimed at, a, aimed at an older audience is perceived to be funny in every single way, but for me, I'm finding the kind of the adult humor that was kind of thrown into the Deadpool movies and Rick and Morty and stuff like that has been a bit overused over the past few years and it's kind of making its way into the MCU slowly. And I don't think we should be accepting of humor just because it's kids won't understand it. And I think there needs to be a lot more creativity put behind the MCU jokes because they're getting really redundant. Like there is nothing in this movie that's even remotely close to being remotely close to some of the funniest moments in the first two Ant-Man movies, which I thought was a kind of a disappointment considering that's where this movie, this franchise started. And even tonally, Kang is such a serious character, which is great, but he's counterbalanced by so many just weird choices with the creatures in the quantum realm. I like the way they look, but there's a few characters which are so cartoonish that it kind of kills the world and feel that the movie is trying to establish the storytelling is definitely a bit clunky in the middle there is so much expository dialogue that's needed and information that's for some reason being kept hidden between characters that absolutely would share that information that i think it strained a little credibility in that regard as well 
And there's a lot of setup set that doesn't pay off as well as it should. There's this storyline involving a group of freedom fighters in the quantum realm, involving the char- character played by William Jackson Harper, who's been teased a little bit in the marketing, but not really in the trailer, so I can't talk about that too much. What they try to do with that in the third act and then how they set up these big moments, it didn't really feel earned to me, and I think the movie did not do enough work to make me feel the way they wanted me to by the time we got to those moments. The film also gets really chaotic in a lot of moments. I think a lot of people are pointing that out, and they are right. And I have to say that I was not a fan of the way they used MODOK. Now, I should also say, I am not someone who likes the character of MODOK at all. I find him extremely annoying, and I don't see what the appeal of the character of MODOK is whatsoever. And when they announced he was going to be in this movie, I expected him to be pretty much how they use him in this movie, and I was not a fan. Again, he's, again, a lot of the time is, is played for laughs. Again, he looks really ugly, but that's kind of the point of his character, so I don't even think, really think I can criticize the way he looks. But there are so many moments with him that are so cheesy. Like, there's one moment in this movie towards the end with him that I think might crack the list of my top 10 least favorite MCU moments of all time because it, in one five-second chunk, just emphasizes the biggest problem with the MCU right now. And that's not that it's not connected. It's the humor and the lack of balance between that and emotion. This movie is a bit of a bare bones movie in terms of emotional payoff and connection to the audience. I wish there was a bit more there to chew on. But even then, it under there's a lot of moments with Modoc that completely undermine what's going on. Like There's one scene between Kang and Ant-Man, which has been featured heavily in the marketing, that's a great scene but it's completely ruined every time we're cutting back to MODOK, and I think it's really frustrating. In the third act of this movie, there's a few moments with MODOK, which, again, completely take away from what Kang's doing and when we should really be focusing on him, and he's the one that demands your attention. It just undermines the stakes. And my last issue before we get to my final thoughts is that I felt like the movie was trying to convince me it was furthering the overall narrative of the MCU leading into Kang Dynasty that other movies, like maybe... I don't know, I don't want to speculate too much in case I'm giving away any spoilers that are going to apparently build off of. And I mentioned earlier how this movie lays a lot of groundwork for what those movies are going to eventually build off of. But in my opinion, I don't think it actually furthered the plot forward that much. It just gave a clearer direction to where the plot's going, not necessarily make, not necessarily genuinely going ahead with that plot. And for me, it was kind of just a kind of dancing in the middle kind of thing where it felt like there's still just tons of setup and I was kind of just thinking can we just get on with it if we are going to get this big introduce Kang get Jonathan Majors into this movie as the main villain and again he's awesome I cannot understate how awesome Kang is and for me he absolutely made the movie as enjoyable as it was but There is so much repeated exposition from this movie, and I touched on this a bit earlier, from past Phase 4 titles, especially Loki. There are things that are explained multiple times in Loki that that, that this movie spends minutes trying to cover again. And I understand that the general audience are people who, again, don't watch everything. Most people probably haven't. Most people go watch this movie probably haven't even seen Loki in it, by the way. If you are listening to this review and you've never seen Loki, highly recommend you do. It's by far the MCU's best Disney Plus show. As someone who does keep up with everything and is so in the loop on this franchise that I literally talk about everything they put out 
And I think I have talked about everything they put out, aside from a few episodes. Since I started this podcast, I found it a bit frustrating that we're still going over how the mechanics of these different time travel and multiverse works. But I think it was time to kind of just push forward with the story. This movie is still doing a lot of setup. Is it doing more setup? Does it feel more connected than every other MCU movie we've had since Endgame? Yes, it does. But I still don't think it quite did enough to warrant spending an entire Ant-Man movie on. And I do wish that in the future we still get another Ant-Man movie that feels like it's closing off the story that these families have built. And I understand these are not the highest grossing movies in the MCU. But I personally wish there was more time spent towards this actual sub-franchise, and I really miss that. Overall, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania is a fun and entertaining start to Phase 5 that is very, very flawed. It's still got some good family dynamics, and Kang the Conqueror absolutely steals the show with a powerhouse performance from Jonathan Majors that's able to make you feel more for the character than you probably should with how the character was created in the comics. He steals every scene. He brings so much gravitas. He is so entertaining to watch. He's awesome in the action sequences. And this movie does have a lot of really fun moments in the quantum realm. However, I do think this is easily one of the most problem-riddled movies in the MCU. Of recent memory and kind of overall that in the entire franchise. It made me miss the feel of the last two Ant-Man movies with how messy it got in terms of tonally, storytelling, and the amount of setup it needed. And it had a character by the name of Modok, who I think really ruined the villainous presence of Kang in a lot of sequences in the climax. And I do think the movie spent a bit too much time repeating exposition that some of the audience, like myself, again, not everyone has heard time and time again over the past year and a half. I'm going to give Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, a C+. And if you're a fan of the MCU, this movie is a must-watch in theaters because of how much it's laying the groundwork for the MCU in terms of going into the next two Avengers movies for Kang. And just this movie is worth seeing for as an MCU fan in theaters just to see Jonathan Majors' incredible portrayal of this character and this incredible villain with a great backstory that they are introducing that's going to have so much more to do in the next few years, which... I can't wait for you all to see some of the things that happen towards the end of this movie, the MCU and Marvel Comics fans especially. But if you are a casual fan of the MCU, I think this is easily one that you can just wait to rent once it hits PVOD and digital platforms. I don't think this is one you need to rush out to see in theaters. And if you're a fan of the MCU, I do recommend still going opening weekend because there are a few spoilers that I personally was happy that I didn't find out going into this movie. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.